Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We are one week closer to the regular season, getting down to roster cuts, getting much closer to seeing who the final 53, at least to start the season, is going to be on this 2019 Ravens roster. We just had a exciting preseason game. Electric. It, it was literally electric. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see when the lightning struck. I only saw the first half, but I heard that the second half was electric, so... We're here to talk about it. We're talking about the recap of what we saw in the last game. We're talking about our roster predictions and anything else that we feel like is relevant to talk about, Ravens and NFL-related right now. So let's get to it. So I think the big note was right before the game was about to start, reports went out that Lamar Jackson and other starters were not going to play this game. And I honestly have to say I'm pretty pleased that that was the case. I don't think we're going to get anything out of these preseason games that are going to give us any more confidence or have anything to do with the starters. So it's time for them to rest, prepare their bodies for their long, grueling season ahead. Because as we know, we'll have to play at least 19 games as we are going to win the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) I have to say, and you know, in the end, it ultimately didn't matter anyway, you know. Our uh, our backups pulled out another victory that makes it three and zero in this preseason. <laughs> the streak continues. I don't even remember what the count is. Is it fifteen straight? I think it's more than that. Sixteen straight because it was four consecutive pre or three consecutive preseasons, but one of them we had five games. That's right. Yeah, last year I think. That's right, and uh, I think it was for the best, as we know preseason does not particularly do anything other than risk injury. I'm looking at you, Lamar Miller. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lamar Miller, unfortunately, is out for the year with an ACL tear. So Cam Newton, his status for week one is questionable now with yet another injury, a guy who can't seem to get through too many strings of games without injuries. Those guys have really, to my knowledge, those were the two major injuries so far that I can think of to players who are at least considered somewhat of star players. But yeah, luckily, nothing for the Ravens in this game, like Alex said. Most of the starters sat out. Other than Tavon Young, it's really important we talk about Tavon Young. You know, we recorded before the uh, press conference where they announced it. Right. And uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I talked about it in the show notes for that game. But uh, Tavon Young, we, we do wish you a speedy recovery. It was really quite unfortunate news for the Ravens community. It happened in practice, right? That's right. So, man, not even a preseason game cause the injury that's super super unfortunate hope he bounces back because we could really use him in the post game of that brian billick said when he was coaching and the team became really short on cornerbacks they vowed never to do it again so he was kind of surprised we were even talking about trading jimmy smith as a possibility you know the rumors because mm-hmm. he was like they would never do that and now like this is exactly why you don't do something like that so right. uh I think all of our uh, hashtag bold predictions for that are officially sealed. Yeah, I would I would think so. <laughs> but I think more of that was just if they needed to shed additional contract to make a signing, which they didn't seem to need to. They did try and sign a veteran linebacker over the weekend, which we talked about, I believe, all the way back in the very first episode, that we wouldn't be surprised if they did try and go that route. But then the guy backed out, so... I don't know if the Ravens are trying to find an additional vet linebacker um, while Chris Board is still on the mend or that guy was just available and 
they wanted him, but I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch in the next coming days if there's anyone else out there who the Ravens are going to try and scoop up. To be honest, I kind of think that signing was more of just a body for preseason week four. It seemed kind of late because we're down a, a couple middle linebackers. We just, we just need someone to play. It feels like, at least to me, the, Alaka has really stepped up as far as uh, middle linebacker. He's played a decent bit there preseason week two and three. So I think he's probably got a good shot. I, I mean, I, I don't really know if they need much more competition there. He's definitely shown some promise. But, um, yeah, <laughs> as far as who's going to play week four, who knows? Yeah, I don't want to spoil my 53-man predictions, but I think the middle linebacker position might be all right. And Chris Board is um, coming. He came back to practice two days ago. As of this recording, it's uh, Monday night. So I think he'll be good to go for the season. We might not see him in preseason anymore, though, so that's kind of the question, right? They need enough bodies to get through the preseason. That's true. That also does bring up an interesting discussion that I've heard some people talk about. We saw it last year as well, but in the past, this third preseason game has really been used for as a dress rehearsal for the regular season and to see basically the guys who are going to start week one play for almost three quarters. And as Alex said earlier, though it was the right decision given the the injuries and then the concern for the players who would be out there with other starters down. You've seen a lot less of the Ravens starters in this preseason than you would usually see, but that just seem, kind of seems like if you look around the rest of the NFL, there's a lot of teams who are doing that. And that just kind of seems the direction that the NFL is evolving with with the preseason. Well, like we said during the season overview and predictions, we start off with an extended preseason. That's true. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so far in their preseason games, Miami and Arizona have not done anything to make me waver from that statement. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, you are seeing that, I think, across the league. I don't think it was any accident that the two games the Ravens did play their starters were at home. You know, they appeased the crowd a little bit. But other than that, we're not going to see them this preseason. I think that's okay. Just get to the season healthy. With that being said, so the three of us before this episode went through the Ravens roster and we each individually made our predictions for what the final 53 will be. We haven't shared them with each other yet, so whatever whatever we're going to share, we don't know if we have the same thing. We might, as we were discussing before the show, that <laughs> the, most of the roster is set. Like, There's only a couple spots, really, of people fighting and quite honestly people getting moved to IR or pup might make lessen the drama of that initially so do we want to move into the roster prediction segment yeah I think as we do the roster predictions we're able to talk about the things we saw in the third preseason game as well because I kind of feel like we were texting beforehand the third preseason game I don't know if there was any major storylines other than Hollywood seeing his first uh you know game time and it's more so just like, how does this influence the roster? So we wanted to make our predictions in this episode. And then after the fourth preseason game and after the cuts are made, we'll have another um, show. And we can talk about any surprises we had on those cuts and, and that last game. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, do you want to start with uh, quarterback and kind of work our way down? Lead us off, Chris. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, for my 53-man roster, so I 
only I only have Lamar in RG three. Now I will preface this Ooh. by saying that I think there are probably one or two moves that I could realistically see. But for now, for for my main like fifty three, I only have Lamar in RG three. What about you guys? So I also had Trace in my in my stack. The reason I did that was I thought he played a little too well in the third preseason game. I'm a little annoyed because it's like, oh, if he played poorly or just as, as he had been playing, he might have been able to slip under the radar. No one else is going to try and sign him. But I think because of that performance, he might just have to be on the roster. What do you think, Peter? I did include him in my final 53 and for the exact reasons that you just stated. So I didn't get to see the game live. I was watching the Eagles broadcast of the game because that's what they were showing on NFL Network Saturday morning. And the announcers the entire time... Now, I mean, Trace did play d- down the street at Penn State, but they were gushing the entire broadcast. It was all they would talk about was how uh-huh. good Trace looked. So, I mean, I think NF- NFL teams are looking at that performance, and I think someone would pick him up if the Ravens do release him and he doesn't make the final 53. So... For that reason alone, I think he initially makes the fifty-three. Right. I'll say. I'll say my one caveat with Trace making the roster that I could see. I think it's almost less of his performance in the preseason. It's more of what the ability that he might give on trick plays, gadget plays, and maybe special teams. I think that could be something that you could do to put him on the roster but it you know again because of the numbers it's hard to say whether you try and take that third quarterback for maybe a couple gadget plays here and there versus like a backup lineman yeah and I think that'll be the one of the most interesting stories to watch out of that so I think moving on to running backs I had Gus Edwards Justice Hill Mark Ingram and technically Ricard now, granted, I put him down there because of his outstanding defensive line play, but I think he's going to make the team. So just those four guys. Yeah, I agree with you there on Ricard. I mean, he has been one of the standouts of preseason, I think, which I think he really needed. Last year, he really disappeared in the second half of the season after making a couple plays, both on the offensive and defensive end, his rookie year. But he looks reinvigorated, at least in the preseason. It looks mm-hmm. like he's got a spot on this roster to me. So I do agree with those four guys that you have put down there. Because I don't disagree with it, I think we're going to move right along to wide receiver. Oh, actually, I did have one discrepancy. I did include Kenneth Dixon on my final roster prediction. Although I wouldn't be shocked whatever happens with him. If he's on the team, if they release him, if he gets traded to Houston because... But even there, I don't even know what the Ravens would get in return for him. So I don't know if they'd make that trade. They're not getting Jadavian Clowney. If you think that, just get that out of your mind. That's no way. No way that trade happens. No way. But, I mean, they've they've used the guy with the starters this preseason. He paired well with Gus Edwards last year. So I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they kept him. It's, I think, quite honestly, despite the drawbacks that you have with him with the knee, you know, with the suspension a couple years ago. I think he's still someone that the coaches see something in, but it's just going to come down to numbers. I he was the last guy I included in my 53. Oh man, actually Peter, you know what? He might be 
on my my list. I just realized I didn't delete somebody that I uh, had on the bubble that I would be willing to delete. <laughs> but I'll, I'll I'll leave them there because I I don't know. There was no good way of doing this uh, list, and I I didn't double check it because I was running three minutes late to the Skype call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might also have to include him because I think I might like him better than one of these guys. So. But we'll get there later. I love Dixon. He, I've always been a truther. I drafted him last year in fantasy football. I think I think he has so much to offer this league. Uh, I just don't know if he has a spot on the Ravens. I'll also add, um, just from a you know NFL outlook perspective, I don't think we'll be able to trade him just because it seems like there will be a, quite a few marquee names on the free agency pool after these final cuts that Houston will be able to pick up. We're looking at Hyde. We're looking at Ajayi. They, the, all these guys might be there. They already so. have Ajayi. They signed him today? They signed him Saturday, apparently. Oh, geez. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they might still be looking for a third back. I mean, I mean, Ajayi was available for a reason, and, and Duke Johnson uh, has, hasn't shown in his past that he's a workhorse, so it might, they right. might be looking for a three-headed monster. Who knows? But the best the Ravens could get out of that is likely a late trap pick. Dude, Ajayi's the one. Fantasy sleeper. Exactly. Adjust your ranks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So Dixon's kind of a question mark. I mean, on my roster, I actually didn't have him on there. Again, it comes down to numbers. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the Ravens will probably take another wide receiver or another O-lineman over Dixon. But, yeah, who knows? But why don't we uh, why don't we move next to wide receiver though? Because I think that one I, definitely more interesting depending on how many how many numbers you have down for that position. So I have six. I have Brown, Boykin, Sneed, Chris Moore, uh, Jaleel Scott, and this might be a little bit of a surprise to you guys, but I had Floyd over Seth Roberts. Ooh, all right, yeah, okay. So I had Roberts, not Floyd. Okay, but you had six? Yeah, I had six. All right. Peter, what about you? So this was the position I had the hardest time with, and I have only have down five, and they're the five you would expect. They're Sneed, Moore, Brown, oh, wow. Boykin, and Scott. Now, okay. I'm wavering on this decision for two reasons. Number one, that's a very young receiving group. Willie Sneed right. is the only vet in that group. I mean, Chris Moore kind of is. It'll, it'll be his fourth year, but... He's he's hardly played at the receiver pish, position. He's mostly been a special teamer. So right. I will say, I think with what we know about what the Ravens are looking to do on offense this year, I think ideally they would want to only keep five receivers and keep an additional lineman or, or running back if the offense is really going to be as run heavy as they're saying it's going to be. But with how young that receiver group is i wouldn't be shocked at all if my dixon prediction is wrong and either floyd or roberts gets that spot on the roster right yeah that's a great point that's exactly what i was thinking it really comes down to what we want the roster to look like whether it truly reflects the run heavy offense that we want to go for or we think having a veteran presence in the wide receiver room is is really going to benefit some of those younger guys I find it really hard to believe we'll be five deep and not six. I feel like even six is a little light, and I think five is is borderline kind of crazy. It could happen, but... It could, especially when you have two tight ends who are basically receivers. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. And I get I get what you're saying, right? Like, yeah. oh, they, they split a tight end out there, or we're never going to be in a five-wide set, so why does it matter? And I think, other than maybe Roberts, I wouldn't say Floyd maybe is in this camp, but I think there's a few guys, like Wesley rings a bell, of people who I think the Ravens would like. Maybe they're on the practice squad, so if an injury does occur, they still have them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think that's where we're at. So maybe maybe you do five and you have that practice squad because there's a couple people. You know, had Horn. You had um, uh, who was the guy that from Louisville? Jalen Smith. Right. You have those guys. They might still be around in the practice squad. All right, I could see that. So given all that talk about the wide receivers, who do we think is going to be the starting two come the regular season? Is it going to be Snead and Chris Moore? Or we have different predictions after seeing Hollywood. I think if you're asking me right now, week one against Miami, I think it's going to be Snead and Moore just to start things out. Now, as the season progresses, do I expect it to stay that way? Probably not. Look at how well Brown did just in his first preseason action. I mean, the minute he's ready to replace Moore, they're going to give him the starts. They're going to give him a lot of targets. And then at the same time, Seth Roberts, giant question mark at the moment. He might be a great fit for the offense. You know, there's been some reports that early in training camp, him and Lamar had a great connection. He could be a total bust. We don't know. (laughs) Boykin might learn to catch the football and be, you know, a Calvin Johnson type guy for the Ravens. He might forget how to use his hands and become a paraman. We'll see. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I mean, but you put that evil on me. Hey, his <laughs> Boykin's biggest problem right now is his hands. I hate to say that, but I'm just saying it how I'm seeing it right now. So, I think right now, I think Chris Moore has earned it this preseason. We'll see how he does once he's actually up against real competition in real games. And I mean, but it'll be interesting because. I mean, Willie Sneed is kind of the default number one just because of his experience, but he's not really... How many other teams is he a number one receiver on in the NFL right now? I mean, the Ravens might be the only one. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see as the season goes on. Chris, what do you think? Initially, I was going to say Boykin and Sneed. Ooh. Just because Boykin's just seen a huge volume of targets in the preseason and been playing with the ones... I will say, at least to Peter's point, that Chris Moore has earned it. Um, but I think maybe a better point for maybe why Moore might start over Boykin is that I think Snead and Moore complement each other versus Snead and Boykin. You know, obviously, Brown is going to be our future, you know, deep threat kind of home run hitter. Boykin really isn't that type of player, whereas Moore is probably closer to a Brown than Boykin is. So. Sneed and Moore would complement each other a little bit better than Sneed and Boykin. I think it's worth saying that absolutely it's going to be a package-by-package basis. So it's really hard to say who the quote-unquote starter is. And I wouldn't be shocked, you know, at home games they announce three people as wide receivers for the Ravens. If I counted correctly at the game we went to, they, they announced 15 people in the starting Ravens offense. Right. As we know, not quite right. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. Like it does, it is a little flexible. I just being from the traditional two wide receiver perspective. What did you guys think? Mm-hmm. Although I guess in this NFL it's three because you're not talking about a fullback. That's true, but I think actually in that situation you would see 
Boyle lined up at tight end in the starting lineup and then Andrews as the third receiver. I will say, as long as Brown stays healthy and he's progressing well in his foot, I could definitely see him starting week three, week oh, four. Yeah. Dude, the kid's going to be uh, laying up your fancy football teams. You better go draft him. Like, seriously. You know, if you're in our leagues, it's not a question someone's going to draft him. But I'm saying if you know, you're listening, you're a Baltimore homer, maybe the people you play with aren't. I think Hollywood Brown is definitely a person you want to consider. He might not be a number one, you know, week one contributor, but it's not going to be very far behind. I think we don't even have to talk about tight end. It's going to be the three guys you know and love, including our boy Doyle. I mean Boyle, <laughs> just to keep the meme, keep the meme oh, alive. Man. I did type, I did type Doyle when I was typing it, and I was like, oh, I got to tell the guys. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, the only question at tight end is just how are the targets going to be distributed between those three guys? Right. So what about O-line? Oh, the position, our expert position, position we know the most about. <laughs> I had nine. Okay. I had uh, Bozeman, Skura, Illuminor, Powers, Yonda, Brown, Hurst, Senate, and Stanley. So I also had nine, although my one difference was I left out Senate and I have typed in unknown vet guy just because. Oh, <laughs> cheater. <laughs> I almost did that in a different position. <laughs> Does that count? But I think it counts. I do think it counts. That's a bold prediction. I like it because I actually was going to do the same thing for inside linebacker, but I decided against it. Right. Because <laughs> I, uh, I looked up board's status, and when I saw that he came back to practice, I was like, all right, I'll keep him in. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, my thinking there is just the inside of the line is, outside of Yonda, is just very weak right now. I mean, everyone knows around the NFL, that's the weakness of the team right now. And Mm -hmm. just, you know, Skura and and Illuminor, Bozeman really haven't done much in preseason to really change that narrative. And I don't know, the Ravens have been able to scoop up guys before. I think 2012, they scooped up... uh, I think Bobby Williams was a was a post cut signing. I could be wrong about that. And they got Bryant McKinney at some point late in the game. It was he was either a post cut yeah, or a right. in season trade. I can't remember. But I mean, and I mean, even though even Eugene Ronroe was an in season trade, even though the he was a bit of a bust. But I think that obviously it's DaCosta at the head of the organization right now instead of Ozzy, but. I think the Ravens historically are always on the lookout for a veteran offensive lineman to to bolster the core when some of the young guys just aren't pulling as much weight as they would like. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I mean, I agree with Peter. As far as my roster is considered, I actually have the same guys that you had, Alec. But yeah, I could definitely see the Ravens picking up another another backup lineman depending on where the cuts fall. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not exactly sure who might be on the, you know, the cut block for the rest of the NFL, but you got to think if that if there's someone available that we think they can contribute, we're going to be all over them. And I think you're right, Peter. If it's going to be one that's cut, it's going to be Senate. I will say before we move on to the defensive side of the house, I do want to take a second to recognize our boy, Hollywood Brown, first NFL action and boy he looked excellent I I was getting text messages out the wazoo saying that he's the truth he's the number one look at this toe taps 
Oh man, I got excited. I couldn't wait to watch this film. All three <laughs> all three uh targets. I couldn't wait all to watch. <laughs> well, te- technically four targets. Um he caught the the two-point conversion that was waved back. Right, right. Absolutely. Good point. That's right. Yeah, I, re- I remember uh texting you guys in our group chat on that one drive in the the second quarter that he came out. I tell you what, man. I'm falling for this hype. He looks so good. You know, he's got those smoothness on the short routes. Just knows exactly like how much how much gas to put on, how much space to go off between the other corners that are around him. You know, and he can also just just put on the jets like as soon like in the blink of an eye. Just oh man. <laughs> Here's your distant early warning. I'm at least been a buck on him in auction. Y'all can pay, bid more money if you want. I'm getting him. <laughs> <laughs> this is your warning. I'm definitely putting him up, and I'm going to try to get him. <laughs> it's going to be so hard. It'll be so hard to bid for him. He's probably going to go up to like $15 or something ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Everyone's going to want him. I will say $15, I'm out. Because I have plenty of other guys I would like to t- speculate on. But, man, dude, he's going to be something i think i i really hope he stays healthy i hope his foot's all right because they're already backing up 10 yards they weren't ready i mean shoot man if we're gonna keep hitting him dinking dunks for seven yards underneath i'm i'm in <laughs> let's go right. right yeah it's it's so crazy too uh, at least the first two weeks we've been talking a lot about boykin and i think you know the praise is definitely warranted but the caveat is is that he definitely looks raw he's inconsistent but he's made a couple of big plays. He's had a couple of really good catches to show off his wingspan. He's got decent hands, but you know there's still some drops in there. And he's got scary like speed. You wouldn't think that he's super fast because he's so large, but he can actually run pretty quick. But when you look at Brown, it just the you see the crispness and the routes. You see the polish and some of the the speed. You know it, it just. Brown, I think, is a, is another level of excitement over Boykin, even though Boykin, by any stretch of the imagination, is is not a bad pick. I think, you know, I think he's got potential, but man, it's it's just so hard not to be excited about Brown. That's why I was first off the board. All right, ready for the defensive guys? Yes, sir. Let's do it. So I will say this: I think it's interesting how a few people are considered defensive linemen versus outside linebackers. Nevertheless, for Defensive line, and I will I will completely respect if you have people like mixed up with outside linebacker. I had Wormley, Henry, Mack, Pierce, and Williams. Yeah, that's the exact five I had as well. The only other guy I could see really coming in there, since we're considering Ricard mainly as a fullback, but he'll obviously play D-line, is Sealer. But he really hasn't mm-hmm. uh, stood out this preseason much at all and if you have Ricard on the roster already at fullback then you're just saving a roster spot by allowing him to also be d-line and then you got six so I would be surprised if that if the group looks any different than that personally right I was gonna say I had six and Ricard was in my six not at fullback so agree 100% with you guys yeah and Sealer I don't, I don't think is I don't think he's making it I don't think so either. All right. So I think we're at outside linebacker. Yeah, let's hear about these outside linebackers. For that, 
I think we're probably all going to have similar things with there as well. I've got Judon, McPhee, Bowser, Williams, and Ferguson. Chris? Same. Let's move on. <laughs> nope. Nope. No? So, okay. So, I like I told you earlier, I had a person I would have admitted if I had done a, a proofread, but I did keep Ray in my initial, uh, in my ranks. I have to be honest that I kept Ray, even though... Uh, in retrospect, I definitely would have kept Dixon instead of Ray. <laughs> I just completely missed it. Ray hasn't really shown us anything. You know, he's been getting the volume of snaps. And like I, we talked about last week, I know that they've been working with him a lot. I don't think he's going to actually make the team. Like I said, in retrospect, I had him as an extra player. I was just typing out all the players. I'm going to delete rather than have to add extra. Right. And I missed him. But he he's close. He's definitely on the bubble. So maybe if... If he shows up in the fourth game, that's why this fourth game is still very important. We got to all watch it. If he shows up there, two sacks, you know, maybe an interception or a, a strip. If he looks good, maybe some pressures, maybe not even a sack. The pressures, he might still make the team. It's a very interesting. I think fifty-three. I don't know you, you guys. I've never done this before where I had to make a roster, but fifty-three is like kind of a perfect number. It it made me a little uncomfortable, but not horribly uncomfortable. So you're going to have one or two guys that are cut that you weren't thrilled that got cut, but had to happen. Right. I could also see keeping a cornerback that I cut over Ray as well. So it it is a little interesting. There's definitely a couple people on the uh, bubble right now. Right. I mean, for what it's worth, I thought he had a pretty good first preseason game, I believe. Um, I think he had a sack, um, at least a couple of pressures in the second half. Against McGew. McGew. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The man, the myth, the legend. All right, let's move on to inside linebacker. I had Laka, Board, Peanut, and Young. I originally, this is where I put the, uh, you know, un, un, unheard of or unannounced veteran. But because Board is healthy and Laka has really been impressive, I think, this preseason, those are my guys. And they got to keep the tradition of the unsigned or undrafted free agent making the team. Yeah, I think uh, Alaka definitely has the best chance of any undrafted player on the roster at the moment to make the final 53. I had the exact same four at that position as you did, Alec. And I mean, Alaka, he's really exploded on the scene. I hadn't heard of him at all before we were at that preseason game against the Jaguars and he was making some plays in that game and he's continued. So I would be, I would actually be really surprised, especially given the questions with Chris Board's status at the moment, if Alaka doesn't make the team. So for me, I, I put the four guys that you had. Now I did put a star next to Chris Board in that depending on how he progresses, I could see him perhaps being a candidate for the pup. But if he's back at practice and he continues to practice, I think that'll be less likely. The only other person I put here, I'm not sure if you guys put him in the other position group or not because he's kind of one of those hybrid players, but I put Anthony Levine under middle linebacker. Yeah, I have him in cornerback. Okay. Wow, I have him at safety. We all put him at a different position. (laughs) You could have equally as put him at special teams, so it's completely fine. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Anthony Levine's a lock. Speaking of the cornerbacks... I had Averett, Bethel, Carr, Humphrey, Jones, Levin, and Smith. Notably, uh, I had Tavon Young and Marshall starting on the IR. Mm, so you think we cut Kennedy? That's what I said, didn't I? 
<laughs> no, you, no, you just mentioned uh, Tavon Young and Marshall as being IR candidates, but Kennedy wasn't on there. He said that by omission. Okay, so I'm just making sure. Yeah, so for my cornerbacks, I don't know. I had never when we get to the long long position groups, I always forget who Alex says because he has them in a weird order. So I have on my roster Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, Cyrus Jones, Maurice Canaday, and Anthony Averett. Hmm. Okay. Did you not include Bethel? I did not. Ooh, you think he's getting Ooh. cut? Um, we can edit this out. I forgot Bethel was on the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if we can edit that out. All right, <laughs> you take, <got> him. <laughs> take two. Take two now that I remember about Justin Bethel is a player who is currently a candidate for the Ravens 53-man <laughs> roster. All right, so my, my unedited picks for the Ravens secondary for the 53-man roster is Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, Cyrus Jones, Anthony Everett, and Justin Bethel. <laughs> you got candy? <laughs> I mean, well, let's... Okay, so in all honesty, in my opinion, those first five, Smith, Humphrey, Smith, Humphrey, and Carr are locks. We know that. Jones has special teams return, and he's, he's actually stepped up his game, I think, since Young went down. Bethel has his right. special teams role, and I think Ev- Everett and Kennedy haven't shown much this this preseason they've gotten beat a couple times they need to step up big this fourth preseason game to see if they make the final roster in my opinion right I I guess it it depends on because I had that um I had Levine under middle linebacker and then I had the question mark on board depending on his health so I would definitely see there only being four guys out of that group but I have five but as for cornerback I had Humphrey Smith Carr Young would be on IR which is actually interesting because if we wanted to designate him to return, then we'd have to bring him on the 53 if the Ravens think that he might be able to come back. Though, to be honest, because Harbaugh already gave a press conference announcing that and saying that it was questionable for him to return, my gut feeling toward it is I don't think he will come back this season. I agree with that. But that could be an option. I think we're all hopeful. They don't want him to come back. I think we're all hopeful that he doesn't come back this year because... It sounded like to me that the Ravens organization suggests that he takes the year, whereas he still really wants to play and is trying to figure it out if it's possible. Honestly, man, he's such a nice young talent. I'd rather him just miss the year than than risk you know his career over it. Personally, that's why I had him on the IR. Yeah, I mean, he's already proven after last year that he can take that time off and figure out how to both rehab and stay in good football shape to come back and not have to have that kind of tweener year where he's kind of a shell of himself I mean he played pretty darn well last year so I mean that's going to be mentally and physically difficult for him but I mean he's already done it once so let's see if he does it again so rounding out my corners if we leave young on IR not designated to return so that means he would not count toward the 53 man roster on week one so I had Humphrey, Smith, Carr, Jones, Bethel, Averett, and Kennedy. So I kept both those two guys in there. I can certainly see that. I think it's valid. Maybe instead of Ray, you keep Kennedy. Right. I, I think my justification for it is really just depth. We do play a lot of corners. You never have too many corners. It's kind of one of those position groups uh, with you know O-line where you really want as many 
guys as you can because they're played so often. Yep, and Ravens fans know all about when you have insufficient depth at cornerback. All too well. And that's what Billick was saying with the young news, you know. Right. So for safety, I had friend of the pod, Deshaun Elliott, Jefferson, Earl Thomas, and Trawick. That's it. Just four guys. Peter, who you got? So for me, I have Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson. I have Anthony Levine lifted as safety, as we discussed earlier. Okay. And then I had I had Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott as my final two running out. I think Chuck Clark has, has had a good preseason and is solid. Elliott's been a little bit of a disappointment, especially considering the, the high hype he had from mini camps and going into the preseason. But I still think he has a strong a case of making it. Yeah, so I had I had those four. If you leave Levine out, so Thomas Jefferson, Elliot Clark. Man, if only Elliot's name was Lewis, and then we would go all eighteen oh three on this whole list here. Thomas Jefferson, Lewis Clark. <laughs> <laughs> so I cut Clark. That was a tough cut. I kept Trawick for his special teams abilities. That's why he made it for me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't really that much when he was here the first time. I don't really think he's going to contribute that much <laughs> being here a second time. All right. All right. To be honest. but Hey, you know, I like, like I said, I like Clark. I'm okay if I'm wrong. I'm not trying to win, you know, the $100,000 sweepstakes or anything for the roster cuts. <laughs> Give my, my predictions. But yeah, I, I think, like, like we've discussed, there are definitely a few people in the bubble. I think it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out in the fourth game if we have any switches. I think that should be a topic. Right. Next week, we'll say, hey, after the fourth game, I thought these guys should have made it, and then they did. Uh, just don't say it to make it sound like, you know, you're a prophet or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just be honest. Just be honest. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I was going to say two things. One, remember, Trowick was the one that ran into Jacoby Jones and, and hurt him in 2013, uh. 2014. So just remember that. And then two, I was going to say, Peter, actually, I thought Elliot had a really good game, this third preseason game. I know he had that one penalty, but... Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think the referee immediately oh. after was like, "No, I shouldn't have called that flag. It was a perfectly clean hit." That yeah, that was that was actually a textbook uh, hit. That should definitely not have been a flag. No, you're right. I think I was thinking probably a little more towards the first two preseason games where he's maybe a little over aggressive and got beat a couple times. But uh, but yeah, you're right. right. I think right. he he had a much better showcase against the Eagles this past week. Right. And do we need to talk about the last three guys? Wolfpack done. 53-man roster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Vikings might cut Vedvik, and the Ravens might cut Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't right. that be something? Or, Two or maybe, maybe what's-his-face, who who I don't even know his name is, who had a kickoff in that last game, <laughs> supplants Tucker. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, no, the Wolf, the wolf Pack's set. So I mentioned in my cuts that I had Marshall and IR. Are you guys expecting that as well? I feel like you don't give up on the fourth round pick. Yeah, I think so. I mean, isn't that isn't that what happened to Jaleel Scott last year? All right. That's yep. that's exactly right. I think I think he's get I think I just want to make sure, you know, we're not saying he's getting cut. I think IR for him. Oh yeah, yeah, they're definitely they definitely need at least to see another year out of him to see how he developed. I mean, like like I said, man, I was I was anti Jaleel Scott, our first podcast of the year, and he's shown me a lot this this uh, preseason. Now I'm now I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> he's a truther. He's gonna draft him in fantasy now. <laughs> That's right. Were you tweeting at him, Peter? I think he must have been playing for you. 
<laughs> Except, like, I'm going to show Peter, that guy. Didn't Peter, wasn't Peter the one that only had five wide receivers, though? He's cutting him. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. I cut, I cut, I cut Floyd and Roberts. But I right. said that. Yeah, Scott. Uh, yeah right. I had I had Snead, Moore, Brown, Boykins, and Scott. But I did that with the caveat that that's an insanely young wide receiver room. So I wouldn't be shocked if if Floyd or Roberts gets the final roster spot over Dixon. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that was a lot of fun. I I, I wish we could do that more often. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Well, we should all make sure we save our lists. Don't just throw them out, and we'll see whose whose list is the closest to the final next week. All right, sounds good. So with that, I feel like we kind of already highlighted this as we were talking, but since there is that final preseason coming up and there are a couple guys on the roster bubble, who are those guys that that need to step up and and claim their spot on the roster in this final game? Well, a guy that we didn't talk about at all, didn't make our rosters, but I think is a name we all love to say at least, Jean-Baptiste, he's got to show something. Our boy Bennett from earlier in the year, we talked about him with his uh, interception. He's going to have to show something special in order to make this this squad. I feel like the offense is a little bit more tight than the defense. I think on offense, the only position that we're really major question marks are offensive linemen and um, this last that w- last wide receiver slot. I think everything else is pretty much locked up. And, and Dixon, I guess. Dixon, yeah. Although, you know what? You know what's funny? I'd rather have Dixon over Gus Edwards in a way. I just don't think that's actually going to happen. So that was actually an interesting thing that I thought about today as I was driving home from work and thinking about the show was, you know, we're all high on Gus Edwards because of the second half of last season and how he was just a truck. But it was only half a season. The guy was undrafted, and usually those guys are undrafted for a reason. Although I don't think this will be the case, it's not out of the question that Gus Edwards was a one-year wonder, and just he was good for that scheme in that time and place, and then the NFL is going to catch up to him this year. And while Dixon, you know, very limited in the past three seasons, I mean, when he's on the field, he's been basically the same guy the past three years. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not crazy to think Dixon should get more of a look this year than Edwards. Mm. I think it's definitely, it becomes even more tough too because we haven't been that great running the football in the preseason. So at least us as fans can't really tell whether one player is really better than the other, but I'm sure, you know, Harves and all the coaches are looking really close at practice and you know have much better idea than than what we see on film. Very good points. Very good points. So, yeah, that'll be uh, some interesting stuff to watch in this final preseason game coming up. I do want to talk about our homework with the uh, offensive line. I will have to say I I flunked it because I did not get to watch the full game. I only got to watch highlights um, and a few drives, unfortunately, given my internet connection and the travels. But according to the notes, it seemed like uh, Hurst and Brown played all right. Nice blocks and pass protection, but the middle of the line struggled quite a bit. That was my general takeaway, and I will admit that I was watching the replay, and I was just kind of like, oh, right, we said we were going to evaluate the offensive line. I should focus on that <laughs> a bit. And, you know, I had the little bit of, you know, the the cheat in that I kind of knew when the big plays were going to happen since I looked at the box score before watching the replay. On the couple plays where I did look at the offensive line, 
Hurst actually looked kind of decent, in my opinion, out there at left tackle, and Orlando Brown did a good job as well. Yeah, but I think even on, on the plays where I wasn't specifically paying attention to the O line, when the pass and the run protection were, I, there were very few holes for for Justice Hill or anyone who was running the ball in that game, and the breakdowns seem to be coming from the inside of the line, which, given who was out there, isn't a huge surprise, I don't think, to many fans. Yeah, I mean, like we said earlier with our roster predictions, if someone becomes available, especially, you know, an upgrade on the center guard situation, uh, Ravens really should take a flyer. <laughs> I, I I realize that the offense is kind of going to be pretty vanilla especially in preseason especially considering all the hype that I think we're trying to build around our offense Uh, the run game probably is going to be pretty simple but you know you have to be at least a little worried that you know it's going to be tough sledding you know with the guys that we've got so far especially if anybody were to go down or if Yonda were to miss more time getting healthy oh don't get me wrong I mean I am very concerned about the interior of the of the line not named Yonda and I mean even a little concerned about Orlando Brown. I mean he showed a lot of promise last year but there's still some plays where he would get beat. I mean especially in that playoff game. But I mean I'm hopeful with Greg Roman. The past 2 years I think especially in the second half of the season the coaches have figured out how to get chemistry between the line and I think they've outperformed in the second half of both years what the actual talent was that was on the field. So we'll see. I think it's it's definitely the position that we as fans feel the most anxiety about going into this year. But all I can do is hope the coaches have a plan. That's the only consolation about the offensive line is that even though there's been a lot of question marks at the beginning of the season, we've had a decent I'd say a pretty pretty good coaching to be able to get the line to overperform as it did at least at least in pass protection um, but this past year definitely in the run blocking I don't think we expected that from the first half of the season but yeah I mean if, if we could get that this year that'd be great so we already touched on some of the news from the NFL Cam Noon's injury and Lamar Miller's but the biggest surprise by far had to be Andrew Luck's retirement you know, his calf injury, I guess, was enough that with everything else he had experienced over the last four years for him to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to retire from the NFL at the age of 29. I saw an interesting tweet that, so you had Luck, who's retired, RG3, our backup, Tannehill, backup in Tennessee, Whedon at the 22 pick, selling Enterprise Reynolds, as the tweet says. <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> um, and Osweiler... He's uh, <laughs> reaching tall shelves, but <laughs> you have... I thought Russell he's a stunt Wilson. double in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> you got Russell Wilson going to Super Bowls, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, and Kirk Cousins, a starter, all in the later rounds. So I thought that was worth bringing up. Yeah, no, definitely a very weird quarterback class, and... I don't think anyone post-2013 would have thought that RG3's career would outlast Andrew Luck. But these guys, especially when you're with organizations that don't know how to build around star players, you know, they're 
they take more injuries than they should. Their prime years are wasted, as we saw on with like guys like Calvin Johnson, also retired at roughly the same age as Andrew Luck. But yeah, surprising news. I saw that people were wondering if Andrew Luck's retirement, you know, Calvin Johnson's retirement, those guys retiring kind of in their peak still, if this will start a trend of more people who may have been Hall of Famers otherwise retiring early to enjoy their lives and not risk major injury to their bodies. I guess only time will tell. Another thing that's interesting about the Luck news is that Des Bryant tweeted about respecting Luck's decision and saying that the Ravens offered him a handsome amount of money to come back last year, and he didn't want to disrespect the organization. And then he kind of thought about some more, did come back to New Orleans, and then he blew out his Achilles like we know. So I'm guessing this we're not going to see him anytime soon. Sounds like he was kind of in the same place. Yeah, I, I also saw that tweet, and he seemed to kind of say that he also views his playing days as behind him. Now, I don't know if that's because there really isn't interest right now or if that's just how he feels. And I mean, the NFL, it's a rough game. These guys are putting their bodies on the line. Sure, some of them are getting millions to do it, but I can't. Uh, even though it sucks as for us fans that we don't get to see these guys for as long as we'd like. I can't say I really blame them because you want to be able to walk and have some semblance of a mind after you're done playing. And if you don't think you're going to be able to do that playing to the 36, 38, and you're financially set, can't say I blame that decision. Right. Or else you might end up like uh, LeRon McLean. Did you guys see the tweet from him? I did see that. Yeah, that uh, that looks sad. It wasn't just one tweet, too. I looked on his Twitter. It was like a series of like almost like 12 to 15 tweets. It just looks like he may have had just a... I don't know if, it, if he's just... Something happened in his life that set that up, or that's you know a, a CTE attack or what. But that was that was sad to see for former Raven. Hope hope he can uh, hope he gets the help he needs. Right, I saw that as well today, and again, echo those thoughts. And another news: To is probably still looking for work. Man, what is like? What is wrong with that guy? We have all these other players wanting to exit with their health. And this guy at like 45 years old, still looking to play. Unbelievable. Dude needs money, I guess. <laughs> but speaking of, of um, just these diva wide receivers, <laughs> did you guys, <laughs> have you guys seen the, the latest in the non-ending Antonio Brown saga? <laughs> I think you wanna- so. I mean, he, he put a second claim in for the helmet and, uh, I saw he had some interesting tweets about it. I don't know if I saw that yet, or maybe that's just just white noise now at this point with this guy. Did you see the the continuing developments on his beef with this celebrity chef? <laughs> no, no, no. Please, please enlighten me. All right, I'll, I'll I'll send you guys the link. But if I'm skimming this correctly, and I saw a headline earlier that dude thinks the chef was trying to kill him because he saw found a fish head in the refrigerator. <laughs> What? I'm crying. Oh <laughs> I'm my actually God. crying. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so yeah, so so this story what? this story has has kind of, you know, been in the lower 
sections of NFL news because Antonio Brown's helmet saga is, is taken front stage and center. So I don't know if this is the first time you guys or other <laughs> listeners are are hearing of this. But I I'm remember so crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember seeing this weeks ago that that Antonio Brown w- had had kicked this guy. Out. Apparently this goes back to the Pro Bowl like the the chef, he hired this personal chef who's who's catered for before uh, for like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and and these other NFL players and apparently Antonio Brown just like kicked him out of wherever he was staying during the Pro Bowl and didn't pay him. And it was just a bizarre story, and the chef claimed he did nothing wrong and that he's always had a good experience, you know, cooking for NFL players. And I think, like, this, I think, was today. It, it, this story about the fish head comes out. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is insane. <laughs> so he tweeted his picture. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the picture of him wearing, like, the punter's helmet with, like, the two bars, ancient-looking helmet, being like, why can't I wear this? I'm going to have to look that up. How does this guy have this much going on? <laughs> we're oh, all talking man. about three different things. Oh, man. I'm going to make an NFL bold prediction here and say that the Raiders are going to cut Antonio Brown <laughs> because this is insane. But maybe now it's not so bold. I don't know. Whoever drafts Antonio Brown in our fantasy league has to name their their team the Severed Fish Heads. <laughs> <laughs> league rule. All right. I'm not even going to lie. I kind of been targeting him low key because I'm like, people are going to undervalue him. He might be a huge stud. But like, the guy's nuts. He's nuts. I don't know what to do. Oh, man. That's that's too funny. The the chef heads. <laughs> if any of the people in our league don't listen to the show, of which there may be a couple, if you do a draft Antonio Brown, it is now mandated. As commissioner, I mandate you. <laughs> and <laughs> severed fish heads. Well, I'm. <laughs> if the Ravens don't win the division, which I think they will, <laughs> I feel like our wild card chances have just increased. <laughs> For, yeah, between Lamar Miller's ACL, Andrew Luck's uh, retirement, and Antonio Brown's whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, feet head <laughs> from head to toe, the man's literally fucked up. <laughs> oh man! Oh. But I guess yeah. On that note, maybe another thing we can do for next episode, in addition to evaluating the the post fifty three roster, is give our we can all do season predictions for the Ravens and the rest of the NFL. Do some way too early Super Bowl predictions. Yeah, we'll we'll at least say who's going to win the wild card spots and the divisions. I think it's a great idea. So you can look forward to that next week. Yeah, and if you made it this far into the podcast, congratulations. <laughs> Because we went off the rails hey, a bit there. Oh, man. We had a good time, though. I do want to say shout out to Down the Rabbit Hole 91. He left us a great review on the iTunes store. We encourage you to also do the same. We currently have a perfect five though on the iTunes store in our ratings, which is awesome. Please tell your friends as we get closer to the season to download and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. And uh, thanks again. You'll be hearing more about the Patreon next week. If you want to get those absolute money, take them to the bank. Football 
lineups for your DraftKings. Yours truly hasn't lost money yet, so <laughs> I'll, I'll be providing my wisdom for you all if you uh, want to get the Patreon and get other exclusive content, but that'll be all discussed next week as well. And uh, yeah, just uh, just to recap, you can get our, our podcasts on Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, basically anywhere you can look at, uh, anywhere you can get your podcasts. And if we're not on there, please let us know by dropping us feedback at uh, feedback at ravensrecap.com. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And I think I like the Lamar sign-offs. Believe that. Yes, sir. Ravens are going to get a Super Bowl out of me. <laughs>